I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson, PGA Championship. Going to get started here in less than 24 hours. So we go live to our man on the scene. It's Kyle Porter. You're in Farmingdale. You're at Bethpage Black. Um, you, it, is, it is buzzing. I can hear it. You've been on CBS Sports HQ about 19 times in the last four hours. <laughs> You're putting in work right now, my man. And what you can watch Kyle, by the way, our coverage, CBS Sports HQ, CBSSportsHQ.com. You can get it on the CBS Sports app. Uh, Going to have you all the different angles. And then, of course, um, this is on CBS. You'll be able to watch it, CBSCBSSports.com, for the action Thursday through Sunday. How you doing, man? I'm good. So we did our Wednesday Masters pod from a uh, location still unknown. I, I don't know where I was there. Uh, this this week, Wednesday PGA, we're in the lunchroom. I'm at a table by myself. So this is a, a tradition unlike any other, apparently. Major championship Wednesday pods at random locations. Well, you sound like you are less fearful of who might come around the corner and kick you out. Yes. So I'm glad yes. that you seem a little more relaxed. No, I am not. I'm not fearful of any of the media members sitting at the lunchroom right now. Um, so... Let's the in the time you get get a little bit of space for your head during travel. I always like that, right? Like you just kind of uh, you do a lot of waiting, a lot of just sort of sitting around, letting your mind wander. As as we sit here approaching the beginning of tournament play, what's the you know like what are what's one of the things that's been buzzing around in your mind that's almost like a new revelation or a new thought in terms of what's about to unfold uh, in New York. You know what I keep coming back to? What? Is, uh, is Francesca. Mm. Like, no, and, and no, one's, no one's talking about it. Right? Yeah. He's got, he's got three straight top tens, won the Open, almost won the Masters, uh, four top tens at majors in the last, how many is that, six, I think? Right. What, why are we not talking about this? Like, why, why do we keep going Kepka, 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 Tiger, Tiger, Kepka, Tiger, Kepka? Like why? Why not Molinari? I mean, I I know why, but like, that's the thing I keep coming back to. I keep coming to, back to that. I keep coming back to Spieth. Um, I sat in his presser. He, it, it's just, it's not there, man. Like, 
I get it. Like, and I, I applaud him for like trying to like will his way back into the, you know, the state that he was in in 15 and 17, which by the way, he considers 17, like a better golf than 15. Interesting. And I think, I think we always look back at 15. We're like, Oh, five, five wins, two majors, uh, won the tour championship. He, he talks about 17. Like that's what he references when he references his best stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I I th- I just think we're like not talking. We're still not talking about the slam at all, which I think is is pretty intriguing. But yeah, Molinari is my my thing that I keep coming back to. So the ha, you've changed your pick about twelve times. Oh um, yeah, at least <laughs> has it reached a point where you would you would even even consider changing your pick or like you're basically conjuring up the idea that Molinari is that. Uh, the the winner that no one's talking about isn't going to be a first time winner, and it's not going to be someone sort of creeping up from off the radar. That the winner that no one's talking about might be someone who's won in the last calendar year and competed for major championships all the way through. Like the the fact the idea we've hit a point in golf where your wild cards and your off the radars are certified major winners that are among the best golfers in the world. Isn't that weird? Because we're not and, and, used and to the we're not used to the top tier being this crowded. Yeah, and, it, and it's a product of like the media environment, right? Because we talk about Ricky way more than we talk about, you know, well, even Kepka to this point. But but especially like Molinari or, um, you know, not a great major winner, but Jimmy Walker, somebody like that. Uh, so yeah, that is that is pretty fascinating. My thing with Molinari though is like, so you win at Carnegie, you almost win Bell Reeve. Or you're up there at Bell Reef, you almost won Augusta. Those are very different courses. So I, I don't think that he is somebody that is gonna be limited by the course or like the way things are set up. I think he just like kind of like John Rahm, I think just just he can just play anywhere. Like just show up and like you're the guy, you know? So what's the and, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, one of the big one of the big talking points from players this week has been the importance of of uh, accuracy off the tee and and who's who who can get into a zone better with that stuff than molinari i just i don't know why we're not talking about it like it, he, he should be the favorite make him the favorite <laughs> put him at put him at seven to one i don't care but let's let's talk about it if if molinari has to um go head to head against uh let's say molinari is jammed up near the top of the leaderboard with uh Dustin Johnson, a Brooks Kepka, let's throw in a Tony Finau and then a Tiger because why not Tiger? Are yeah. you going into Sunday being still thinking maybe I mean obviously you've had 54 holes to consume, but it, is that the kind of idea where you're like, well, I could I could see Molinari besting all of them uh in a final round to win it. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. It depends on how they got there. And this was – so I go back to uh, DJ at – I think he was at Shinnecock. So he's near the lead. He wasn't – the final pairing was Finau and Berger, I think. Um, and then I think it was DJ and Kepka in the, in the second to last pairing. Right. But the way that DJ got there was by uh, just putting lights out. 
and it's just it's not sustainable, right? And so I think the way that you get to a 54-hole lead or co-lead or within within striking distance, I think that matters, like for who the pick is on Sunday. And uh, so I, I think that people people don't care about that. They don't look at it. They don't look and see like has this guy gained like 11 strokes with his putter over the first three days. And if so, what does that mean for Sunday? Well, it means it's not, it's just, if it's sustainable, then it's like historic, you know? And so I just, I think the way that, I think the path to get to lead to, to 54 hole contention matters more than maybe people realize. What are some of the other uh, talking points that you've noticed resonating from some of the players since arriving? Uh, what the most important club in the bag is, and everybody's been saying driver, but Brant Snedeker and Jordan Spieth both said uh, putter. And the reason why is because Spieth said this in his presser. He's like, you can make so many putts on these greens. He was like, they're not that hard. Like they're not, he's like, there's a couple that are difficult, but he said they're so, they're in such good condition that like if somebody gets hot, like let's say Ian Poulter gets hot for like, you know, 36 holes and all of a sudden he's up four going into Saturday and you're like, Oh, okay. You know? And so I think that part of it, because you almost, you almost get, you get it at like some of these U S opens and the greens are so hard that it almost doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're a good or bad putter. Everybody's just sort of like the same because you can't make putts. You can just try to get it within like two feet, which all these guys are, are, you know, like, the, the variance there is is smaller in terms of being good or bad at it than it is at, at making putts. And so uh, I think I think that part of it could be intriguing over the first couple of days. You mean like those uh, those Pinehurst screens where it just doesn't matter whether or not you're a good putter? You're just going to miss? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter it, whether there's a leaf in your line. You're going to miss. Yeah. But like here, like... I mean, this is this is, I haven't played the course obviously this week, but Spieth was like, you can you can make a lot of putts out here. So does does Kevin Kisner get hot? Does Phil get hot? Like I I, I don't know, but I think it's going to, um, and and one of the things that other the guys have been talking about as well is like it's going to lead to a bunched up leaderboard. And we see this at PGA's. That's not that's not super noteworthy because soft courses lead to bunched up leaderboards and fast and firm leads to spread out leaderboards. So I think you're going to get bunched up. I think you might see some lower scores than maybe we thought. And then maybe it goes a little bit higher on the weekend. So did I was going to say, we have been a little bit in lockstep and consensus here with the idea that the, you know, eight, nine, ten under is is going to be what our winning score is going to be. Having been there, uh, number one thoughts on the weather, but number two, have you adjusted at all those scoring expectations? No, I think I think nine wins it. Do you hear that noise in the background? Is that what's that? They're rolling out our lunch. Tent, our tent might be blowing over. I don't know. It's getting <laughs> dicey in here. It's windy. Speaking of the weather, it's cold here, man. I mean, it's like. It looks like it should be warm. It'll look warm on TV because you're like, oh, it's the summer. It's you know, it looks great. It's it's like chilly, and so I think you're gonna hear like, oh, the ball's not going as far. You know, it's bad club. Like I think you're gonna hear a lot of that this week. Uh, but no, I, I think I think nine under because I think that like, even if you see somebody make a bunch of putts on like a Thursday or Friday or even Saturday, I I think that. I think you're gonna see whoever that is maybe come back a little bit on the weekend. Did you see what Kepka said about? 
uh, like splitting the field in half and then like eliminating other guys in terms of like the way he wins majors. Did you see his quote on that? No, I am. I'm here for it. What? Please feed me. So he said, he said, let me pull it up because it's, it's, uh, I've got it right here. So he said, he said, what is there? 140 guys in the field and the, the PGA guy guess, actually there's 156. And he doesn't even know like how many people he's playing against, but he said, okay, 156 in the field. So you figure at least 80 of them, I'm just going to beat from there. <laughs> from there, you figure about half of them won't play well. So you're down to maybe 35, which the hashtag math. And then from 35, some of them, the pressure is going to get to them. It only leaves a, you with a few more, and you've just got to beat those guys. So sick. Yeah, he's like... Why am he, I becoming a Brooks Kepka fan? That is not... <laughs> I did not expect three years ago that I would find myself not rooting for Brooks. I mean, I'm rooting. My pick is Dustin Johnson and I'm always rooting to be right, but I am absolutely like welcoming the Brooks as, you know, one of the most like dominant players in the world of this era. Like I, I am open arms to this, especially when I hear him and look, maybe that was some Florida State math right there. That's fine. Um, I, I uh, absolutely yeah, coming back with like him, just just like a tactician. Like, oh no, nah, I'm not that intimidated. I just got to beat these twenty guys, and I'll be good. He also said, "I sometimes think the majors are the easiest ones to win." <laughs> <laughs> Half the people shoot themselves out of it immensely. I know I can beat most of them. And from there, it's those guys left. Who's going to play good and who can win? That was, uh, that was before he did the, the Florida State math. He's, so, he's, the great, he's, he's the greatest major golfer of this era. He kind of is. <laughs> he kind of is. But like, I got into it with Sean Martin this morning. He's like, I think Kepka could end his career with like three majors. He's like, I, he, I don't, he didn't say like, like he, he just said, like, I, who knows? You know, we were talking about Brando came out yesterday and said, like, you know, maybe, you know, he kind of like tripled down on his master's take of like, you know, is Kepka actually that good? And I, his point is like that he doesn't win like non-majors, but like, I feel like for so long, like we've been saying, oh, well, these are the only ones that matter anyway. So I, it's, it's hard to have it both ways. Well, the, I mean, my ultimate retort, there and I, I would pull up I need to pull up the stat if I'm going to retort often but was it he has 14 runner-ups in non-majors is that the number it's I mean it is it is it uh it is double digits second place finishes or tied for second place finishes in other events in his career it is it is so n- not as though he is non-competitive at non-majors he just he hasn't been winning and like whatever that last little bit of, you know, mental energy that it takes that to convert a, a chance to win into a win, if you want to save that up for the majors and then be just logging top tens at all these other events, I, I think that is a respectable approach to professional golf in 2019. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. So here's this. Here was Brandel's quote. He said, is he truly a great player, a staggering talent, or is he in a great run? 
Tiger and Jack, they won regular events at the same clip they won majors. When you start to put the pieces of the puzzle together, this is very good stuff. I just need more evidence. I need more time. He won three majors that were more about power than they were about accuracy, which, okay. Uh, this week, it will be equally about power and accuracy. Golf courses like this are a better measure of what type of player we're going to see. It's not like he won at, like, TPC Deer Run. He, he won at Shinnecock. Right. Like that's... It's like a, it's like a incredible, you know, it's like a great test of elite golf. Like I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't go there. Um, as, as your, your mind drifts, to, actually let's, let's take a quick break, right? Real quick. Uh, hear from our friends at TD Ameritrade. We'll be getting back into our picks to win top 10 locks and sleepers right after this. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Well, as you know, because you're listening to this podcast, PGA Championship Week, uh, it's here. And CBS Sports, we are giving you tons of ways to follow all the action. Of course, we are bringing you the First Cut podcast from Bethpage here all week. We're covering the biggest stories in the lead-up tee-off. On Friday, we'll be having a weekend preview. On Sunday night, we'll be recapping it all. But check this out, too. On Saturday and Sunday, you can watch the tournament live stream in the CBS Sports mobile app and on cbssports.com totally for free. You also need to check out CBS Sports HQ. As we have mentioned several times today, the free streaming sports network, it's on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It delivers you the news, highlights, and in-depth analysis that you need. So tune in to watch us. Kyle and I will we'll both be all over it before and after the round to break down who's moving up the leaderboard, the pairings to watch, and of course, what's going on with Tiger. We're always about that Tiger watch. It's available for free with CBS Sports. You don't have to pay for a subscription. You don't have to have a cable package. For real, it's free. Free 99. So download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, or Apple TV to start watching CBS Sports HQ today. Any other players that have come to the podium that have surprised you with some some good some good quotes, whether it be for hashtag content or just for your own mental notepad? Uh, what was that? Good quotes? Oh, I mean, just like good good tidbits, good thoughts. Uh, Tiger talking about daily was pretty funny. I know you wrote that yesterday. That was hashtag content. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there just there hasn't been. I don't know. There hasn't there hasn't really been a ton. I, I feel like I'm just kind of ready for for the golf to start. You know, I think I think leading into the Masters, you're just like you're so overwhelmed with like everything that's going on, and this just feels like this tournament feels like it's so soon after that you're like, oh wait a second, I haven't I haven't even recovered from from the Masters yet. So I, I you know um, I don't know I, I'm I am 
fascinated to see who wins this. I think I think this is a really I don't know if it's an interesting course, but I think it's a, a good test in ways that some other PGA Championship courses are not. Like like Bell Reef last year, not a great course and probably not a great test necessarily, but I think this will be. And I think you're going to see, I mean, I think you're going to see some numbers, man. I think you're going to see some eights, some nines, some sevens. Like I, I don't I don't think it's going to be like a typical PGA championship with, which I think could make for some, some pretty com- compelling drama. All right. Uh, let's start. Who's your pick to win? Uh, well on my 12th flip flop, I ended on uh, Jason day. Any, uh, what, why explain yourself? I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know why I just, I'm in, I'm in my own head. He finished. So he finished, uh, he, the two, I think we talked about this on Monday, but the two Barclays that he played here, him and DJ tied for the best score of the guys that made the cut at both of those. Uh, so he's played well here before. He's got, he quietly has like two top tens at the players and the masters. Only him and DJ have top tens at both of those this year. Uh, so he's been in good form at the best events. Uh, he's won a PGA before. I, I don't know. I feel like in the same way we're not really talking about uh, old old Frankie, we're not talking about uh, somebody like Jason Day very much either. Jason Day in a in a position where he gets to he has that same opportunity to kind of elevate the way his the conversation around him goes because winning this while it would just be while it would be excuse me not just be but while it would be a second PGA Championship, I think the second major championship and having them spread out by a little bit does a little bit more to look at his decade because Jason Day first crashes onto the scene for us in at what 2012 2010 2009 or 10 yeah yeah now he's he's been around a minute and I think to be able to have that kind of uh sustained excellence even among you know crack your jokes if you want pull out the balloon so that he can inflate his ribs health issues that Jason day has battled throughout his career. Uh, I think to be able to, to have that kind of sustained legacy definitely changes the way that we talk about him. Are you, are you nervous at all about the balloon? Are you going to be inflating the balloon for him? Uh, I'm if he's, if he's in contention on the weekend, that will be, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just I'll be inflating balloons on HQ if anybody wants to tune in to watch that. Just just <laughs> letting balloons into the Long Island air on Friday night and Saturday night. Uh, just a, just an an ode to Jason Day. Who do you have as uh, your top ten lock? Uh, who do I have? I don't even. I, I think Rory. Oh, we haven't. Uh, where's your head at okay. with Rory right now? Listen to this. Last night we go get dinner. It's me. Sean Martin and our buddy Brian, who was hanging out with us, and he's got a podcast called uh, The Hosel Jockeys, another golf pod. Great dude. Really liked him. Enjoyed our time. Our waiter said he came to Bethpage yesterday, and he goes, we started talking about, like, who do you want to win? Who do you want to, you know, who do you think's going to win? All this stuff. And Rory got brought up. He goes, yeah, he's just, he's not been playing that well, you know? And I'm like... Oh, you didn't you didn't like the players win or the eight top tens so far in nine events? Like what what is it what does it mean for Rory to not play well? Does well, that just mean like he didn't finish first? Yes. He did not win the Masters. Yeah, that's 
that's what it means, right? Yes. Like, it's it's a binary it's a binary outcome with Rory. Did he win the Masters or did he not win the Masters? And whatever that answer is determines like how people feel about him, which is insanity. Well, it's, he it's it's ludicrous. He didn't win the Masters as the favorite. And not only didn't win the Masters as the favorite, but wasn't really a factor and wasn't a factor when all of these other top players in the world were a factor, including Molinari, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson. Like the, the leaderboard was the who's got their stuff right now. And if the Masters is the only golf tournament that you've watched because the players championship was on selection Sunday, you weren't watching in Mexico, you, you know, weren't watching at any of the other eight top tens, as you mentioned. I mean, I'm, Listen, I I don't want to, you know, point fingers, but you and I were on a certain program together and like the the comment about Rory going into it was like and we know he's not doesn't really have it together right now. Like the narrative on Rory McIlroy completely ignores the eight top 10 finishes and the players win. It is built almost entirely on him being the favorite heading into Augusta and then having him not be a factor in a, in a historic Masters that everyone's going to remember forever. So Lucas Glover is the is ranked number 16 on the PGA Tour in strokes gain this year. He's gaining 1.35 strokes per round on the field. It's really good, really solid, number 16. Rory has been twice as good as the number 16 guy on the PGA Tour. He's gaining 2.7 strokes per round. Twice as good. He's playing well. He's he's playing well. Man, Rory is not a fan favorite. I know. It's pretty crazy. Um, he doesn't have it. I think it's interesting that he doesn't have any top 10s at PGAs since he won at Valhalla. Mm. 15, 16, 17, 18. No, no top tens. Mm. Why? That so, makes no sense. It it makes zero sense because Quail Hollow, he you know, is he kills there. Um, Bell Reeve, he should he should have dominated there. Uh, where else? Baltusrol, whatever. Uh, Fifteen was Whistling Straits was kind of firm and fast, which is not necessarily his deal. But um, yeah, I just think he's. I think he is, uh, I don't know about easily, but clearly the best player in the world right now. And people are acting like he's like in the, like wandering in the desert, like the bird box speed meme that I talked about. Well, no, yeah, they're, they're giving him the, his game is in trouble. Like speeds is treatment. Yeah, they are. Trust me. They are worlds apart right now. So, um, my pick to win is Dustin Johnson. And you mentioned earlier, I mean, number one player in the world, sweet pick, Chip. I know. Um, yeah. Good. Hey, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Just you're out on that limb. I expect it. Out on that Dustin Johnson limb. But I, I do feel yeah. pretty good about it. And I want to go back to what you mentioned about sustainable because the unsustainable putting did end up, you know, coming up short. Uh, as you mentioned, by the time we got around to the weekend, Right now, Dustin Johnson is fifth in strokes gained putting. Is Isn't that, that crazy? Is that part of his game? Just like is that sustainable? Like is he just in a place right now with his putter where Dustin Johnson is one of the ten best putters on the PGA Tour? 
Uh, no, but I don't think the regression will be what people think it is. Um, I think he's a top like 40 putter, top right. 30 putter. Like he's a really good putter. Like that, the narrative about like him, like, oh, he can't make a, you know, if he could putt, he'd have 10 majors. And it's like, well, no, he's, he's a good putter. Like he's not the best putter, but he's like a, he's top 30, top 40, top 50. So even if he regresses, it's just, it's not going to be enough that it's going to matter that much i don't think because i you know at a if people are going to be able to go and make putts that was what almost gave me a little bit more uh confidence in the dj pick it's just like well dj's been putting all right this season and if this is a if this is if these are greens or you can go and sink them i i could see yeah. some some more unsustainable uh hot streaks on the greens for dustin johnson well here's the thing Think about how close he is to winning both the players and the Masters. Oh, my goodness. So he misses, I can't remember, like four or five putts on Sunday at the players inside of eight feet. I mean, it was like a it was a crazy – inside of seven feet maybe. I know he missed like two four-footers. He finishes T2 at the Masters, and you're like, wow, he almost won Mexico, Sawgrass, and Augusta. Like not not like like a couple swings from, from that – that trifecta in the first four months of 2019. So I don't know. It's such a results-based deal. Like we only look at results. We only look at wins. Um, but if you dig a little deeper, um, he's been, he's been pretty good. But the thing is, man, like he's got to win some majors, you know, like I, he's got the 20 wins. He's obviously a, just a freak, just super talented, but it, he, he's at an age where you start running a little low on time in terms of winning some of these major championships opportunities major opportunities yeah yeah um all right anything else just been burning in your brain anything else that you've been scribbling down or or a golfer that you've been wondering about as uh as, as we count down to the start of the action tomorrow morning uh no speed uh we talked about speed Nobody's talking about Xander. That's my top usual. 10 lock. Yeah. Uh, nobody's talking about Sergio. I love that sleeper from you. I mm. thought that was awesome. I thought that was a great call. Hey. He's playing great. He plays good at Beth Page. I think he'll like feed off the either uh, just the negative energy from everybody up here who still hates him from like 02 and 09. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm ready. Six JT, six straight missed JT. cuts. It has to snap sometime. That'd be great just to get on his Wikipedia page and see cut, 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 uh, one. <laughs> just a one next to the... <laughs> trending. He's trending. All those, all those yellow squares throughout his entire career, and then all of a sudden, green and green with six cuts between them. That would be that would be awesome. I would love that. JT being out kind of stinks. I feel like he was flying under the radar a little bit. I, and I say, I keep saying all these guys who are flying under the radar. I, th- I think everybody that's not named Tiger or Kepka is flying under the radar. Right. Just so take- I, it's all relative. I mean, you know, is Rory flying under the radar? I don't know. In my world, he sort of is, just because the content that I see is all Brooks and, and Tiger related. Well, that's that's where it's at right now. 
That's, that's, yeah, for that, sure. that's where it's at. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.